0: think, again, the time of you know hiding behind your keyboard and a PowerPoint and a one-hour demo during your sales process, those aren't going to win you the deals. So we need to be thinking about, even when we're digital, how do we Create those connections with our customers? How do we think in the mindset that we would be when we're in those in person meetings? Because I hear, you know, I do a lot of work in the video space, and I hear time and time again from sellers who say, I'm not comfortable getting on camera or, you know, recording a video. And, you know, my first reaction is usually, well, you picked the wrong profession, my friend, (laughs) because this is your opportunity for your personality to shine, for your passion to come through.
1: Hi, friends. Welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. That was Tyler Sargs. Tyler is the VP of Marketing and Chief Video Strategist at Vidyard. Now, as you might expect, Tyler and I are going to spend some time talking about video communication, in particular, video messaging. However, before we get to that, Tyler and I talk about his time at BlackBerry and some of the lessons that he learned from that experience of seeing that particular king of the hill dethroned by newcomers to a space, in this case, smartphones. So then we dig into this whole area of video messaging Not video calling, not Zoom, but using video asynchronously to communicate effectively with prospects. We get into what it takes to get a sales team to embrace this whole idea of video messaging and using it. Tyler shares some compelling stats about why you'd want to use video messaging in terms of opens and response rates. And he also shares his key tips about what sales teams need to think about when rolling out a video program. Last we get into what sellers have to do to humanize their messages. After all, I mean, that is the point of video messaging, to reveal the human behind the message. So we'll talk about how not to be robotic and how to be more human on camera. All this and much, much more before we get to Tyler. I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it. And if you subscribe, we'd certainly appreciate it if you could also give us your feedback about how we're doing in the form of a review. So thank you. Alright, let's jump into it with Tyler. Tyler, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Andy. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. So, where have you been um, hiding out during the pandemic?
0: Well, I've been spending most of my time either in my home video studio slash home office, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, in as in, well the, in as, the Toronto area, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm based just outside of Toronto um, here enjoying the,
1: the final throws right now of our summertime. <laughs> Before snow starts, I mean yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Ten months of winter and two months of bad skating.
0: Well, you know we're making the most that we can, and I'm very grateful to uh, have had put a swimming pool in recently, which has been incredible this year to keep my kids somewhat occupied while I'm trying to keep the engines going here. So that's been yeah. a win for me. I'll take that. Yeah,
1: and uh, when school starts or hasn't started, are they going to be? back in the classroom or is it still remote?
0: Yeah, my kids will be heading back to the classrooms. They'll be wearing masks and doing all the precautions, but uh, they are just chomping at the bit to go and see their friends. Um, I don't think they care about school one way or the other, but man, do they want to see their friends. So I'm excited for that. It's going to be great.
1: Yeah, and so isn't that the same for people wanting to get back to the office? I mean, here we've had sort of this forced you know, work from anywhere environment work yep. from home, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, all the prognosticators wanna say, Yeah, it's gonna stay this way. But yeah, I think, yeah, we've 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 been socialized for yeah, several thousand years. At this point to wanna to be together with people, I don't think that automatically changes in six months?
0: No, I, I agree. You know, I've seen news of organizations saying, you know, they're going fully remote now. And, you know, I remember thinking at first, that sounds great. And then I thought about it more and I said, you know what? If I were at a company that said we're all going to be remote, I would probably start looking for another organization because I personally love the in-person interactions when we have those opportunities. And I think a lot of the folks on our teams uh, absolutely do. And so I I feel like we'll land in this hybrid world where we all understand and support the opportunity for people to work in a distributed environment, um, but that the opportunities are absolutely there for us to be in person because, you know, the intangibles of those relationships that we forge, the social capital that we create with people, you know, that's not going away. And and I'm I'm with you there. I think we need to maintain that. And in Grow it in the business world,
1: yeah. Now, I speak from the perspective of somebody who spent the last 20 years working on my own, um, you know, with my own business, uh, with one employee. But you know, it's like I think back to my work experience, I think of the customers I have, the clients I have, and I work with. Uh, now again, working with the company, it's like, yeah, that's I mean, yeah, people have the options, but I think people are gonna. Not everybody's quite frankly, not everybody's made to be you know, a solo worker working remotely.
0: No, no, absolutely not. And, and you know, there's all those things that go into those relationships. And it's not just about, you know, compassion and empathy and feeling connected to folks and, and having their back, but there's there's all those fun elements that it's hard to recreate when we are remote. All those little moments where we share laughter, we go out for a coffee together, we you know chat about what's happening in the organization and and, and doing it, you know, co-located in space and having a shared experience around it. I think those are things that are are, you know continue to be meaningful for people and we've got to find room for that uh, right now we're trying to do it digitally but I think you know I look forward to getting back to when we can do that IRL in an analog way
1: <laughs> it's just not the same <laughs> yeah I mean I think people just have to come to grips with that it's it's not the same it's never going to be the same doesn't mean it's not great for some people I mean I said I it's been great for me for 20 years, and before that, even though we didn't have video, yeah. Quite frankly, I was selling to customers overseas, so I was mm-hmm. selling most of them virtually. Um, but yeah, people want to be together.
0: Yeah, I think what's what's really interesting is we've had this acceleration. Like the, the future has gotten pulled forwards thanks to yeah. the environment that we're in, and we're all starting to figure out this mode where we can we can collaborate in this hybrid environment of you know distributed in person. We're kind of coming to terms with what that means. We're starting to learn, we're very early days admittedly of what does it mean to be a distributed workforce and how do yes, we exactly. rethink the way that we do things. Um, but also in terms of how we interact with our customers and externally again this has been i think a great forcing function to to make us all think about how is it that we evolve how we communicate and connect with customers uh, how we share information when we are truly forced to be digital first in our approach and and it's it's been interesting to be pulled that far over mm-hmm. almost having to over index on it and yes. uh, and and i think you're right now we're, we're we're seeing the cracks we're seeing what works we're seeing what doesn't and i think we're all going to be better for it
1: yeah i i yeah, Gartner came out with some you know quick research by month or so ago about how 24% of CROs said that they were you know shifting you know permanently to virtual sales or something and it's like my first response to that was all right let's ask the question again in 12 months.
0: Yeah, I feel, you know, it's sales reps are the ones that I personally feel um the 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 strongest for Because, you know, as a as a marketer myself, I'm I'm head of the marketing team here at Vidyard. And, you know, there's a lot of things that that I end up doing that are fairly isolated, specialized tasks. And a lot of people in our teams are specialists who work in their their bubbles. They love to socialize. They love to be with people. Um, And you can say the same sort of thing for, you know, the developers in our organization, a lot of the folks in operations. But sales, sales is such a team sport, and it is such a roller coaster uh, from an emotional perspective in terms of you know, how, how you're working with customers. And my heart really goes out to, to sales. And I know a number of sales reps who they're absolutely struggling because they're not sitting in a team environment. They don't have people next to them that they can high-five or that they can, you know, mm-hmm. again go out for a coffee ring or a drink and something yeah. does it, or ring the bell with um, or to learn from. And I think those younger sales reps as well if you're in a completely distributed environment and you know we can talk about this but we can do all the training that we want virtually but there's just you know there, there's something about them being in that environment overhearing other people's conversations you know being a part of those team discussions after a call went wrong or a call went right those things are difficult and and i would i would argue that i think sales is probably the most important function to try to get back into you know physical proximity and having people working as closely Together as possible to learn from each other.
1: Well, I agree, and I think that the member of the team that's missing from that increasingly is the customer. I mean, it is right. you have to when when people say sales is a team sport, I have to remind them that the most critical member of your team is your customer, right? Right, <laughs> is, is you are building them, you know, Especially if multiple stakeholders, is, it's. I was just interviewing on the show uh, or had a episode just a week ago with uh, Mike Robbins who writes a great book about building teams and and it's like, yeah, when you read it, it's like, well, yeah, this is exactly what you do to build a good team internally. You do the same hmm. steps to build a team with the stakeholders in the decision that you're trying to get with a with a potential prospect or a potential customer, excuse me. And that is always going to be facilitated and made easier if you can actually be in physical proximity to them as you talk about. But I think we've we've yeah. trained a generation of sellers because of technology to say, well, yeah, really, that's it's not that important. Right. And I still believe that given the opportunity, and you don't say do it, I don't think field salespeople need to be, depending on the job, most of them, at least in the tech world, don't need to have every interaction with the customer in person. But there's still times it's really important. And, yeah. and I think we've got a generation of sellers that have basically been told, well, not really. You know, if you can do it remotely, do it remotely. And it's like, oh, and there's still moments, critical moments, you know, as you learn that you want to be there. Yeah. And I spoke to a group of enterprise sellers a little over a year or so ago and you know, sort of raised had them raise their hands. You know, I may sell something with a lifetime contract value over $200,000. A number of hands go up. I said, how many of you actually go visit the customer at some point during the sales process? And no hands went up.
0: Hmm.
1: And I'm like, hmm. I mean, I can tell. They all come from a SaaS environment with relatively low win rates. And I just challenged them. I said, yeah, you don't need to be there every call. But I can tell you that if I was competing against you, I would be there at the critical moment. And I would win all your deals.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and there's also this aspect that I think we've seen. So there's the, you know, in person versus just remote, but then there's also we've we've trained sellers that the two serve very different functions and are handled very differently that in person is your time for that connection and, and, and all those human elements. And then when you're not there in person and you're selling digitally, that that means something different And that's the time when you're you know you're sort of almost hiding behind your keyboard and you're focused on efficiency rather than you know effectiveness and, and personalization and, and relationship building and all of those things. And, and that's where I start to get really interested in thinking about this new landscape say how do we how do those things blend together because you know even if we can go and visit our customers many of us you know and many sellers you know may not do that may not do it that frequently and 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 i think again the time of you know hiding behind your keyboard and a powerpoint and a one hour demo during your sales process you know th- those aren't going to win you the deals so no. we need to be thinking about even when we're digital how do we create those connections with our customers? How do we think in the mindset that we would be when we're in those in-person meetings? Because I hear, you know, I do a lot of work in the video space and I hear time Mm -hmm. and time again from sellers who say I'm not comfortable, you know, getting on camera or, you know, recording a video. And, you know, my, my first reaction is usually, well, you picked the wrong profession, my friend, <laughs> because you know, this is your opportunity for your personality to shine, for your passion to come through, for, you know, to, to show the picture of the kids, to talk about the sports team, right? Like this is your opportunity to do those things, to connect with people. And if you don't see that as, you know, as what it is, as an opportunity, if you see it as an obstacle, you've got to start thinking about that very hard and figure out how do i replicate or you know you know get close to those in-person communications as possible when i'm digital but that doesn't mean that i'm on a zoom call you know every hour of every day so you know how do those things kind of come together and 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 so it's 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 neat to see this stuff kind of coalescing and this uh, this hybrid of in-person digital and then this gray zone in the middle which is kind of you know personal digital Uh, so so we'll see what happens
1: yeah well I mean it's it's interesting because already there's been some research saying that actually a phone call is a better way to capture nuance in someone's voice than a zoom call mm-hmm. right because there's fewer distractions right you're actually listening you're actually paying attention and so on so I yeah you know, it's it's like sure we've embraced zoom for a good reason and I generally prefer to have a Zoom call as opposed to a phone call for a lot of the reasons you talked about, right? Just because of the, you know, I feel like it's a better chance for me to show me. But yeah, it's not it's not necessarily a given that it's really the most effective tool.
0: Yeah. And you know, we have so many different tools at our disposal now, and that's part of what we're competing with, right? Because I'll you, bring it back to something you said earlier: if you're not there in person, and one of your competitors is, they have an immediate advantage. And yep. the same thing applies to how people and how sellers are using different forms of media today, because it is all you know, you know, text, social, video, audio. Um, Podcasts, right? The list goes on. That all these mediums are highly accessible to the other sellers you're competing with, and they may or may not be using those as ways to engage those clients. And so, I think the you know the most um, strategic sellers are thinking about that, and, uh-huh. and and they're thinking about this multi you know media universe of how they connect. And it's not just you know we have an email, we have a Zoom call or an in-person meeting, right? It's like, no, there are all these different formats that you can be communicating with. Even on LinkedIn, I can send you a voice message. I can send you a quick video message, right? Yep. And a lot of reps don't take advantage of those capabilities. Some don't even know they exist and others just feel like, ah, it's inefficient or it's not part of the way I do things. That's not how well, it it's works more in my that, market. Right? <laughs> and, yeah, my uh, customers don't yeah. like it when I do that. Yeah. No, no. no. Like, why, <laughs> yeah. why would... Yeah, there's no well, way they like it. I don't like getting a voice, you know, I don't like getting a voice message. So why would they? And, you know, you, yeah, we, <laughs> but there's, yeah, there's, there's all these things happening that I, I think there's so much opportunity for people to just embrace this new media mode and think, geez, how can I connect with people with voice, with intonation, with body language, with all these different things and use these media and formats for what they're really good for? Well, and I think the other thing,
1: though, too, is, is that sellers don't think about and that things, you know, I, tools like Vidyard and, and these other channels of communication are valuable for, is that, and I wrote about this in my second book, is I graphed out what a sales process looks like. And it's sort of on X-Y axis. And you know, it's, it was like a series of small mountains, right, where in terms of each one of those represented a, a point of interaction with the prospect. But but in between them, it drops. right? So you have this, you know, Sort of almost not necessarily a wave, but a little more sharp at the peaks. But yeah, you know, when you interact with somebody, that's a big moment, mm-hmm. and so you sort of build up to that. You deliver, I sorry, the axes I had, or you know, time and value, and you're delivering you know specific point of value, hopefully. Um, but what happens as soon as you leave the meeting, whether it's a virtual meeting or in person meeting or whatever, they start forgetting about you. Mm-hmm. Right? They forget about you. They forget what you said. And so, you know, <laughs> the, the trend yep. line is down, right? Yeah. <laughs> Until it reaches a bottom and you start building for the next interaction. And I think the value of like a, a vidyard tool or these other channels is what happens in the gaps yep. between interactions. That's when this becomes so powerful. Because in the past, it's sort of like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. well, maybe exchange an email and prepare for the next meeting, but there's sort of this gap, the silent period. And um, yeah, sellers just don't sort of keep in mind is that yeah, Yeah. they're just like everybody. Yeah, we talk about when people, we train sellers, uh, you know, and they're in the classroom and they take a, you know, hear a lecture from a sales manager or a guest expert for an hour And then we know from science with the forgetting curve. Then about twenty four hours, they've forgotten a good chunk of it. Yep, yep. (laughs) Exact same thing is happening with your (laughs) prospects. Uh, I,
0: I love that perspective, and I think there's there's a lot of insight there. You know, one of the the way that I've seen it and and heard a lot of dialogue recently is that we as sellers have you know traditionally thought about sales as a Again, it's a meeting centric kind of synchronous process with our customers. And we become too dependent and too reliant on the meeting or the call or the Zoom call, right? Where we're going to tackle some big thing, right? And these are still important, not to say that Mm -hmm. we shouldn't be doing these. Um, But, you know, to your point, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of value that happens in those, you know, but Then after that, it becomes, okay, when's the next meeting? And then, you know, two days before that next meeting is when we'll prep and get things set up for that. And then, mm-hmm. by the way, you know what happens two hours before that next meeting? Somebody has a conflict and they have to reschedule it for a week later and you lose yet another week in your sales process and even more time for them to forget what it is you last talked about. And so this, uh, this mental shift from what I think of as sort of a, a meeting-centric synchronous selling world to, you know, I mean, not going to say entirely meeting less because we you know, synchronous meetings still have their play, but but think about that as the other extreme of a meaningless asynchronous selling world, where we are communicating content to our customers as we need it on demand, you know, consistently. We're mm-hmm. not waiting for that big meeting, um, and then. You know, an opportunity for them to share those ideas, to share that demo, to share that pricing overview asynchronously with others in their organization who may be on different time zones, who may not Uh get on that Zoom call, and be able to move decisions forward faster. Because a, yeah, they're staying engaged and they're not forgetting, so they can actually process better. But also, we're not leaving those time gaps of oh, yeah, let's find a time in everyone's calendar and then dealing with cancellations. And so I think there's something to be said about that idea. And I think the promised land is somewhere in the middle of those two. I don't think it's entirely meeting centric. I don't think it's entirely meeting less. But those reps who have that mentality to say, yep, those meetings are certainly a you know a high point in this process, but each and every day i can be moving this forward by sharing some right. kind of information by updating them by sending them a custom video that walks through that question they ask that they can watch on their own time and i can get feedback from it the next day not when they happen to have 30 minutes in their calendar to hop on a live call
1: yeah well i mean you know, one of the problems that most sellers have is is they think that the thing they're dealing with the buyer over this Purchase is the only thing the buyer is doing. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is consumes eight hours a day of the buyer's time as opposed to <laughs> five minutes today and ten minutes two days from now and and so on. Right? I mean, you're just one thing on a list of long list of things they have to get done. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it might be depending on the strategic nature of it. It might be more important. It might take a little more time. But generally, yeah, you know, when you look at it, think about a sales process as being these series of peak events with valleys in between, yeah, you need to fill the valleys because the other problem with the valley is as you talked about, as you start being re-engaging with them a couple days before the next scheduled meeting, really what you're doing is you're re-educating them about what you talked about the last time. Right. Yes. Yeah, and we
0: see, you know, the, the, the sellers on our own team, I think, do this very well from from what I've from what I've seen in in that, you know, during the process, they are intentionally you know, dripping information into those accounts. Uh, sometimes it is off the shelf information. It might be, hey, you know, the, um, I thought you might like this perspective on this topic mm-hmm. that we were discussing and it was a recent blog post or an article or a video interview or a podcast episode. So they may be sort of adding value as they go and, and keeping, again, the conversation top of mind. Or it may be in some cases where they are creating something custom and sharing it which could be you know it could be just an email but more often than not they are recording a quick video using just their webcam to deliver an update where they're using a screen share to walk through something uh-huh. and so they may be doing a quick recap of a certain you know feature function benefit that struck a chord on that previous call and they're using that as a as an excuse to touch base again a couple days later and say hey i just wanted to uh, to send you a quick you know, summary of that feature that we talked about here, I'm actually going to quickly show you exactly what that looks like um, so that you've got a visual perspective on what we were talking about. And then they'll spend two minutes doing a screen recording, you know, actually showing that and then sending that over. Right. And again, it's like little things like that, that, you know, can I think go a long way to continuing that conversation in those, you know, off hours, if you will, keeping things top of mind. But, you know, that stuff becomes super shareable. Right and and we, you know, I think we we underestimate the importance of giving our champions um, at at these accounts shareable content, shareable information for the others at their organization because you probably have no idea how many people are really involved in that buying decision. Yeah. So by arming them with those sorts of insights, content whether it's off the shelf or custom can go such a long way and sometimes farther than we even know to moving things forward faster. And I think we need to make that just a part of how we sell and a part of our process.
1: Well and I think the other part of it too is, and this is, you know, again, a perspective that that most sellers don't don't carry. And I think one of the power or one of the powers of video messaging, beyond beyond the ones that you talked about already, is that, you know, for every stakeholder involved in a decision, they operate at Two levels. They operate at a personal level and at a corporate level, and and if you can use video to help you connect at both levels, you know whether it's right. content that helps them with the specific priority they have for this project that they want to share their point of view. So you can customize something that that because you know, too often sellers don't really understand what the impact of this purchase is going to mean on the individual stakeholders. If you Mm -hmm. really embrace this idea, you need to learn what that is. Well, then now you can start, yeah, providing things they can share that align with what they're advocating for, not just what the bigger picture of what they're advocating for. It helps immensely to be able to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard uh, stories from
0: from some sales uh, reps, particularly those selling into larger accounts and doing larger deal sizes Mm -hmm. who are, you know, now what they're actively doing is again you know, building that you know web of who are all the people that I need to influence that are part of the decision process. They may mm-hmm. not be designers, but they have some right. stake in this. And what they're doing is they are getting as much insight as they can from their champion on what that individual might care about as part of a, a part of this process. And they are recording them a custom video like for that individual. So, you know, if I were selling to you Andy, you might say, you know, Andy, who is it on your finance team that is going to need to be a part of this decision or on your legal team or on your, Mm -hmm. you know, here or your marketing team or whomever it is. And if you can help me, let me, you know, help me help you and, you know, let me know what you think they're biggest objections and, and biggest benefits are going to be. And I'm going to record a quick video for them introducing myself because they probably won't actually get on a Zoom call. They'll never meet me. They'll mm-hmm. have no exactly. connectedness to uh, to myself as an individual. So I'm going to record a you know two to three, maybe five minute if needed video that's for them where I'm going to introduce myself. I'm going to share a little bit about why it is we're so excited to do business with you guys. And I'm going to show them and explain clearly in their terms how it is that I can help them or how it is I'm going to work with them and their team in this process. And I think that little effort, right, which people say, oh my gosh, I can't produce a video for 10 different people in the buying committee. And, and I say, well, like if you if you take out the word produce and you just say <laughs> capture, right, That's and of Yeah, and like it's like honestly, when you start doing this, it takes no longer than writing out that email and then obsessing over the wording and bullet points. Well, I was gonna say
1: probably probably less time once you get practiced at it.
0: It really does, and that added benefit of not only are you delivering the information, but there's that sort of inherent, you know, human connection that's happening there. And you know, time and time again, we see that where people. You know that they won't ignore it as as easily or readily when there's a human face staring at them on their screen Mm -hmm, of the individual mm -hmm. delivering that. Um, They're more likely to show up for meetings when you've again put yourself on camera uh, prior to it because there is again that you know guilt is a powerful motivator for (laughs) and, and when you when somebody becomes a real person and a face and a voice as opposed to just an email address. It's like it, it totally changes the conversation. And so I think, yeah, it, well, I think really and and it does
1: to that. Do that. Yeah, sorry. I, I think it does that because, again, you're giving people a taste of who you are. And so, you know, the unknown is a great demotivator, right? Right. I I don't know whether it's worth my time. I don't know who this person is. Eh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to go to that one. Yeah. But <laughs> if I've seen Tyler on video, or I've seen Andy uh, on you know, a short video, and yeah. yeah. And I responded to it, and I think that's the other thing that's that's uh, at least in my experience using video messaging is just that the response rates are so much better. That uh, when people respond, then yeah, they're more likely to follow up, come to a meeting.
0: Yeah, there's um, you know there's a there's a lot to a lot to peel back in that with respect to just those nuances of of how it again creates that 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 personal connection. And the other piece of it, which you know I think a lot about, is the value that we are delivering to those prospects or clients and how it is that we are best respecting their time and making them, you know, feel productive and helped and so on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because there's a lot of times where I'll see, I you know when I'm sold to, I'm often having people send me, Hey, you know, read this guide that will explain this. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to read your 30 page guide. Yeah. You know, it's just not going to happen. And if that's the the most efficient way for me to get this information, then, you know, I, this is probably not going to go very far. But yeah. if you say the, the neat thing about things like video are that you know, we can convey, it starts with the simple old adage, right? That, you know, picture is worth a thousand words and uh-huh. you know, how much is a video worth? And But the, the reason that we say that is, as we all know, we are, you know, people are generally visual learners. There's so much more information that we can take in from visuals, from people's voice, as you, you noted earlier, from body language, from pictures, than we can, you know, written text and, and static information. And so if I can Deliver. It's not just about, hey, it's Tyler. I'm sending you this to introduce myself. It's, you know, hey, I wanted to show you exactly what I meant by this. Or I wanted to talk you through the sales proposal so you can clearly understand how this relates to what we talked about. And as I'm walking you through a line item, I'll skip over to another tab on my screen to show you, again, that specific feature or function that you're buying. And so you can remember what it looks like, what it feels like and using those visuals as a way to deliver more value to educate them in a shorter period of time and which ultimately then you know better respects their time um you can also use video to waste people's time if you don't use it effectively right <laughs> there's there's lots of ways in which you can record a 10 minute long video talking about something that could have been summarized much more quickly so with great power comes great responsibility, responsibility but, yes, absolutely. Uh, but yeah i think there's there's a lot of those nuances of both personalizing humanizing but also adding value and helping people visually learn which i think a lot of people will appreciate in the buying process
1: yeah well i mean i'm a huge believer that you know, a lot of the decision well and actually you know data sort of bears this out is you know the, the majority supposedly according to challenger sale and other studies of of a buyer's decisions based on their buying experience right, right the experience they felt through the journey and you as the individual are sort of the first exemplification of that mm-hmm. and yeah and you want people to be able to experience you mm-hmm. because you be really become one of those key differentiators, you as a seller, compared yeah. to the competition, because you know I operate from a premise that especially increasingly so these days that but it's always been the case to a large degree is yeah, you know, products are pretty much interchangeable, right? I mean, there are products that come along that are you have real distinct capabilities over others, but by and large, we're talking about marginal differences. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I always like to ask the question to groups when I'm speaking is, is so tell me. How much did you win your last deal by? You know, were you did you win by 10%? percent i are not talking about price. How much did you win by? What was your margin right. of victory? And you know, people really can't quantify that, right? No. Well, I don't know. How do I quantify margin of victory on a deal? And I tell them, well, you have to presume it's 1%. Yeah. You just had to be 1% better. Yeah. So that 1% could be just how as to your point, how effectively yeah. you engaged and communicated with people throughout the process. And to your point, you know, did you give them a thirty-eight page white paper to read about what you did as part of your content strategy, or which is basically asking them to do work? Or did you make it easy for them? Yeah. With hey, more bite sized insights I'm providing throughout the process, questions I may be prodding you with that maybe we didn't ask as part of discovery, but still things that you need to think about, you know, perspectives, yeah. all these things that can be accomplished very effectively uh, using video messaging. Yeah, one of my um, best experiences as a buyer recently
0: was, and, and you don't say that often, right? As a buyer, I had this great experience. <laughs> so so few and far between where we say that these days. But uh, I had a great experience uh, not that long ago with an organization that was was selling to me, and through the process. A lot of the validation and support they provided was through other stories of, of other customers that they mm-hmm. worked with, mm-hmm. and but they did they 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 took something a little bit further than usual. Uh, they sure enough shared like a link to their case study and you know the usual quotes and which we all know right. It's like yep, sure. I get it right. Everybody's got quotes and everybody's mm-hmm. got testimonials. Yep. Uh, but what they did is they actually took it a little bit further and recorded a video showing how that customer had actually done what they had done, right? Right. So they actually, in their case, um, because it was kind of a software-related solution, they were able to, you know, without showing anything confidential, uh, bring up examples of what that organization had tactically done using their service, and they actually walked through it. So it was like, hey, go read the case study, lots of beautiful quotes in there, lots of big stats, but I want to actually show you what they actually did to get those results so you can see tactically how that manifested. And then you have a reference point for like, oh, I could do that. Right. Because mm-hmm. when I look at the case study, I'm like 50% increase in such and such. And I'm like, I don't know if I yeah, can blah, do blah, that, blah, right? blah, 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 <laughs> blah. Maybe, maybe I, I don't know. Right. I don't know. But when I actually see the example and they walk me through and say, so then they did this. And then here's how this happened and this. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. I know I can do those things. And so if that's what I need to do to get to that result, ah, it clicks for me now. Right. And so just like walking through those. And in my terms, right? So again, it wasn't just a generic video. It was like, here's how this relates to what you're thinking about. And yeah, it took them a little bit more time to record those, but it was so helpful. And for me, that was like, you know, the best 10 minutes I spent watching those videos, because it really armed me with the confidence I needed, the knowledge I needed. Um, And then as we moved further down the process, just before we were about to make the decision, they sent over another video, which was Mm -hmm. a montage of the different people on their team that we would be interacting with, introducing themselves and explaining their role in helping us. So it was this, hey, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I wanted to introduce you to the different people that you'd be working with if you do come on board. And then it cuts to, you know, it's the CFO and it's like, hey, I'm Dennis, the CFO here, Uh, you know, really hope to work with you guys. You know, I'll take care of all the blah, blah, blah. And then it's the you know the COO, and then it's the actual support rep that we would be assigned, and they're each just like twenty seconds of them introducing themselves, right? Some of yep. them said something personal, like I like long walks on beaches, and you know <laughs> I listen to heavy metal punk music, whatever it is, right? right. Um, and like, and I still remember getting that video and going. Oh, this is terrific! I mean, both because I'm a video guy, but it was like I immediately met all these people, and I was like, "All right, like I'm in." Like I, I, these people, I can tell they're into it, they care, and um, and and I felt connected. And it was, and I said, "You know what? I can see myself doing business with these people." And that was like the closing. That was their close, right? I'm
1: like, I'm in. That is that is the moment, right? Though I mean, is this this thought that I can see myself doing business with these people? Yep. It's yeah, you know, it starts with one person. Yeah. You know, so if you have the if you're a rep that, you know, get comfortable with the video, you use it effectively, which also is time effective for and time efficient for the, the buyer. Mm-hmm. But their perception of working with the company is based on the perception of working with you. Right. I mean, yes, the video of, of all those people is great, but based on what you said before, it had been done so well, your impression of that company is really formed by. The videos you're getting from that one individual.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's absolutely right. And then it was reinforced through mm-hmm. the montage video. But again, even in that case, that like that helped me trust the rep that I was working with because they took the time to go out and get those videos made for me and, and all of that. So, yeah. Again, I think. You know, I wish I had had the scanners hooked up to my brain as that all happened, so we could see it light up in different areas, and we could go, "Oh, that's what happened!" Right? I can't, I can't tell you exactly what happened. I can know, but what I can tell you is that it was memorable, um, and it, you know, sparked, uh, you know, confidence. It sparked trust. And, uh, and it made me smile, and like all those things, you know, in today's business world, it goes such a long way when everybody's got the same feature specs, speeds, feeds, testimonials. So yep. those intangibles became so important. And uh, yeah, I encourage you all to think about doing similar kinds of things. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And so, we don't have a lot of time left here, but let's just talk about that as as quickly as you know the the major barriers to adoption, because you know this technology has been out there, video messaging for for a while. It's you know the stats I've seen is that you know improved open rates. what I've experienced when I've used it myself on a consistent basis is you know response rates oh, <laughs> very high. Um, it's like, okay, if you're a seller and you're trying to reach out to people, it's just you know, take it right at the beginning. you're trying to trying to reach out, grab someone's attention, um, mm-hmm. you know to open the door to a conversation. Why wouldn't you be doing this? I know some teams that mm-hmm. use it uniformly, right. uh, and have gotten with the program, and others that, you know, I sometimes hear like the managers think, well, yeah, if we do that, we can't make our fifty calls a day, and it's like, well, but if you're being much more effective and get yeah. better response rates, do thirty a day video messages. You don't need to do fifty.
0: Yeah, I think for a lot of folks, you know, for the individuals as well as the managers, part of it is simply the the fear of the unknown. And, you know, is this going to work? It's new, right? I don't know. Like I've never incorporated recording and sending video messages as part of our prospecting. You know, I have done lots of emails, done lots of phone calls. I can tell you exactly what our conversion rates are on those programs and I can, you know, it's predictable. But I think that's part of the challenge as with any new approach or new technology or new methodology is, is that inherent, you know, unknown that comes with it. And so I think for a lot of people, you know, now is the time to, to just start to experiment with this. Because if you, if you if you rewind a couple of years ago, this whole idea of recording and sending somebody a video, you I know, mean, wasn't even feasible <laughs> without jumping through serious hoops and uh-huh. posting uh-huh. a video to YouTube. And But the reality now, for those of you that, you know, this is a new idea, um, you know, what we're talking about here is, you know, there's tools like Vidyard and others that it's literally one click in your Chrome browser or Gmail or Outlook to record a video using your webcam or screen share. And then one click that it will drop the thumbnail image of that video into a message, it could be an email, could be a social message. And that hyperlinks out to a page to watch that video. And you send it off. So it's literally as easy as click to record, click to send. And when somebody clicks to watch it, they go to a dedicated page, they watch that quick video, and, and they move on. And so I think for a lot of people, it's just starting to understand that of like, oh, wow, we can try this out. It's easy. It's free. I can just get going. So let's start experimenting with it. But then where we also start to see people fail is that either they you know, they try it a few times, right? Like a lot of different things. They try it a few mm-hmm. times. It doesn't have the immediate response. And then they're like, oh, it didn't work. Let's right. try something else, right? Um, it's kind of like cold calling, right? If you made five cold calls and didn't book a meeting, would you give up on it? Probably not. You'd probably, you know, sort of keep at it. You'd learn as you go and you'd, you'd start to master it and learn it. And um, I think video is the same way that right now we just got to think about, you know, how do we, how do we try it? Um, how do we put it through its proper paces, but also how do we use it in different ways uh, creatively? Because that's also where a lot of people get blocked is, okay, I get it. I can record a video and send it, but I don't even know, like, when does that fit into my sales process? Why would I do that? And, and I think that's just where you've got to put it through the lens of the people on your team or your own role and say, well, if I'm prospecting, if I'm doing outbound prospecting for new business, the role of video becomes getting people's attention and getting them to respond, right? So now it's, it's a tool to stand out by mixing it up and not just sending an email or a phone call, but sending a message with a video that's. Bright, that's visual, that gives them a chance to to respond in a in a in a bigger way and boost your response rates. So that's like the role it can play in prospecting. If you're talking to account executives who they're not trying to get noticed, they're trying to move deals forward and build those relationships and shorten their deal cycles and increase their close rates. And then you start to say, oh, well, in that case, video becomes a tool now to maintain that personal rapport to your point with you know periodic video messages to keep the conversation going it also becomes a way to educate people faster by delivering them richer you know content that they can see not just hear what it is you're talking about and so it becomes a way to build the relationship and to shorten deal cycles by accelerating their knowledge accelerating their education Um, And so I think, you know, we just got to keep that in mind of there's lots of ways we can use it. Video isn't a separate thing. It's another way to communicate with your customers and try to achieve your goals. Um, It just so happens that you're looking into a camera instead of looking at your
1: keyboard. (laughs) Right. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, Tyler, we've unfortunately run out of time, but it's been great having you here.
0: Well, thank you so much. That was a terrific conversation. I really appreciate hearing your insights as well. I think this is a really neat time for all of us and, and a time to, to try try new ideas. So, I appreciate it, Andy. Thank you. And if people want to connect with you, how could they do that? Uh, so, you can find me on LinkedIn, of course. So, Tyler Lussard L-E-S-S-A-R-D, VP Marketing at Vidyard. So, please connect with me there. Uh, you can also head on over to our website at vidyard.com. Vidyard.com. And you can actually start using some of these tools for free if you're so inclined. Vidyard.com slash free. You can sign up and literally within three minutes be recording and sending videos out to your clients. So give it a whirl and connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think.
1: All right, Tyler, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. As always, we're so grateful for your support of this podcast. And I want to thank my guest, Tyler Lassard for sharing his insights with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast Sales Enablement with Andy Paul on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you could also leave us a rating or a review, let us know how we're doing. Well, we'd certainly appreciate it. You can do all that on your phone in less than a minute as soon as this episode is over. So thank you for your help. And thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.